Thank you, brave souls, for, for bearing the weather, the elements, the storm, and for those that are not discouraged by what they see outside. Why don't you just do, just uh, grab, your, grab your Bible and your, or your tablet or your phone or whatever your word is, is on. And uh, just, just say after me, if you will, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I, am what it says I, am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can have what it says I can have. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive to hear the word of God tonight. And may the Spirit of the Lord have his way here in this place and here in my heart today and every day going forward. Amen. going to be an interesting night tonight, I think. Pre pre prepare, though I do, there always seems to be something different that happens just about the time you get behind this pulpit. <laughs> so hallelujah. We'll see what the Lord takes us and where it goes. And first of all, I want to thank those joining by uh, live stream and YouTube and by whatever means that, uh, that you're coming to us tonight. Of course, there are folks here in this room, but there's people who are going to be hearing this sometime later on. It might be live, it might be hours later, might be days later, might be weeks later, might be months later, or even years later. We thank you for taking the opportunity to, to be a part tonight and to, to see what the Lord's going to do here in your life. I know it's going to be interesting because when the Holy Spirit starts getting on me about something, and then Pastor Gary says, you're ready to preach, right? And I go, sure. He said, can you preach next week? I said, sure. I said, when? He said, I'll let you know. Okay. So a couple days go by and he said, uh, ready to preach next week? I said, yep. He said, you're preaching on joy, right? I said, yep. <laughs> so I know that if the Holy Spirit's talking to me about something and Pastor Gary's talking to me about something. I know there's something that's good to have. And you know what I also know? I know that I'm not alone. That although it may seem like sometimes I'm the only one that's going through it, and you probably feel the same, there are times when you're going through something, and it doesn't matter what it is, you feel like you're the only one, you're being singled out, and there's nothing else, nobody else can relate. Well, I got news for you. You're not alone. You're never alone. Because there's a greater one in you who certainly knows what's going on. One thing we know for sure is that 2020 is going to be different than what we've experienced before. We know it's going to be different. Why? Because we're expecting it to be different. We're not expecting it to be the same. We don't want it to be the same. And we're prepared to do something different to make that change. Or at least I am. We've heard a lot about this lately. Ch challenge is, do you believe it? Do you believe that 2020 will be different? Because if you don't believe it's going to be different, guess what? It won't be. You'll get exactly what you expect. If we want something different, we have to be prepared to do something different. And one thing I know to be true, again, I know a lot of things to be true 
and I'm learning more day by day, we're built line upon line, precept upon precept, is that there will be no change if I do not allow change or if I'm not prepared to do something different. So the challenge we're putting forth tonight is are you prepared to do something different? Are you prepared to do whatever it might take? And I know I can't do anything on my own, but Philippians 4.13, let's, uh, we might as well go ahead and start there. Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13. God's Electric Power Company. Or Gentiles eat pork chops. That's the other way I remembered it. (laughs) Whatever brings it to your remembrance, right? It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The New Living Version says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Let's go to Matthew 19.26. Going to lay a little bit of a foundation here before we get into the, into the demo. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Of course, the disciples just finished asking that who else can be saved when the rich ruler had come and turned away. The the New Living Version again says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. So I want you to wrap your head around that for a minute. That in our own flesh, bone, strength, soul, mind, and body, we are limited with what we can do. But there's another element. We are also spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit within us with whom there is no limit. So, subject tonight was joy. So let's look at joy. What is joy exactly? Well, before I start looking at anything else, the first thing I want to do is see what the Bible says about it, of course. And in Galatians 5.22, we'll go there for a second. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So we know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It is one of several mentioned here. Second only to love. Love Joy, peace. In the, um, the New Living, the verse 24 says, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified him there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So yes... Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so it's a fruit. So what is it? 
Merriam-Webster Dictionary has this to say about it. The emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. The expression of exhibition or exhibition of such emotion. So it's demonstrative. A state of happiness or felicity. A source or cause of delight. All sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? There's a lot wrapped up in this little three-letter word called joy. You know, joy is both a um, product of happiness and part of happiness. So you can get joy by being happy, and you can get happy by having joy. There's a lot of stuff wrapped up in here. We can see there's a number of things linked with joy. Again, it's not a standalone thing. It's normally rooted with other things. We know in the fruit of the Spirit, it comes with love and peace. Not the least of which, of course, are the other fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at uh, Philippians 4.4 4 for a minute. Now, I'm probably not reading any scriptures or verses tonight that you haven't heard before. But it's good to hear them again. Amen. Philippians 4.4. 4. And I'm going to read this again in the, uh, in the New Living. It says, always. So when is that? Always. Okay. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. So if there was any doubt, you're always be full of joy. And if you're not, rejoice again. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So that ought to light your fire right there. Right? That even if the Lord doesn't come while we're here on this earth, we know that we're going to be with him. So either way, we get to be with him. So that's good news all around, right? Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And here's, a, here's, another, here's another one. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So there's an application to what we, you know, it's one thing to know what to do. We know we should eat right. We don't always do it. We know we should exercise or at least look after our bodies. We don't always do that either. We know there are things that we shouldn't do, yet we often find ourselves do that. Paul talks about that in, in his writings too, the things that I want to do I don't do and the things I don't want to do I find myself doing. So we're in good company. We're not alone. But we know this so we need to do it. So if we've been content to know it, yeah, 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 I know that. Okay, are we doing it? 
Part of the reason why we don't do things sometimes, I think, is because we don't fully believe. Because if we're not convinced that what we're doing is worth it, then we're not going to do it. So we need to be convinced. A couple of things here really needs to stand out. So be full of joy. Okay, that's the first verse we read. Always be full of joy. And again I say, rejoice, right? But what are some of the obstacles to the joy? Because in order to understand how to have joy or what joy is or what we got to do, what do we got to avoid? Well, verse 6. Somebody say it. Anybody say it. Don't worry. <laughs> Be happy. <laughs> uh, the earworm. You got the song going there. Yeah, don't worry. Be happy. Yeah. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So worry about nothing. Pray about everything. So there's a couple of really good keys. All right? There's more. Tell God what you need. And by the way, that's not for his benefit. (laughs) He already knows. What you need to acknowledge is your reliance upon him. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 8, second way, halfway through, it says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Now, that's not on CSI. That's not on NCIS. It's not on FBI. It's not on CNN or CBC. Those might be facts, but it's not the truth. This right here is the truth. And this right here is the good news. That's not to say that everything out there is bad and trash, but there's an awful lot of it that is. And we spend an awful lot of our time being engaged in it or being exposed to it, whether we're fully cognizant of the fact or not. Sometimes it's just on as ambient background noise. That's not the background noise we want to be feeding our spirit with. Again, no, no condemnation here, folks. Like, you're not alone. <laughs> Remember, this message was brought to me first. <laughs> Somebody here is still walking it out. So we need to be talking to God. We need to be telling him, acknowledging that we need him and what we need of. And I think one of the major powerful seeds of joy is gratitude. Because when you're being thankful and when you're being grateful for what you have, guess what you're not doing? You're not complaining and you're not murmuring and you're not being ungrateful. You're not being selfish. You're not focusing on the things that are kind of getting you down or wearing you down or We're not being self-conscious. We're looking at what is good. Scripture tells us in verse 8, again, to fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So if you can't think of anything else that's worthy of praise, 
Jesus loved you enough that he gave his life for you. That is worthy of praise. Even if you don't feel like anything else, Jesus has saved our lives. Yeah, but Brother John, stuff happens. Life happens. Well, it's a good thing too, because if life didn't happen, what's the alternative? Things don't always go exactly the way we plan, though. Most of the time, it seems, historically speaking, because we're calling those things that be not as though they were, things are going to go the way we want them going forward. But things have a way of kind of getting off track, off the rails, sideways. What are we supposed to do then? Well, I can tell you, there's a word for that. James, chapter 1. Until someone is getting used to using his tablet and phone an awful lot. You can still find them, though. James, chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, and you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I like what it says in the, uh, the New Living again. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, not little joy. Great joy. Great, great joy. Amen, brother. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. A lot of us ought to be growing by leaps and bounds, I'm telling you. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Um, let's go real quick to uh, just back a couple of pages there. Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> See, we may be doing life and stuff may be going on all around us. And it might not be exactly what we want at the time. But we can look towards the author and the finisher of our faith. We can look towards the end product, not the, not where we are. Look to the destination. That's what Jesus did in, in uh, Hebrews 12 too. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So I don't think there's anybody in here that's going through anything worse than enduring the cross. I could be mistaken, but I don't think so. I think that's a relatively safe thing. We might be going through some nasty, terrible, hurtful, painful, nasty stuff. But it wasn't the cross. It isn't the cross. He despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus had a reason to have joy before him. So again, what is the source of joy? Well, God, of course. I mean, where else is it going to come from? James in, uh, in chapter 1 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. 
Joy is a good gift. So it comes from God. Romans 15.13 says this. Romans 15 in verse 13, and again, I'm going to read it from the New Living. You may have guessed by now that New Living is kind of my preferred translation. It's a lot less these, thous, yeah, thous and thuses. <laughs> Waxing. Vexed. <laughs> Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. And because you trust in him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So how does this come? How does joy come? Trust in him. Everything we have in God comes by faith. And so without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to receive anything from God. We can't see him. We can sometimes feel him. But we can't see him. We can't always touch him. <laughs> Paul says in a few verses down from Romans 15 and verse 14, it says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well you can teach others all about them. Even so, I've been bold enough to write some about these points, knowing that you all, all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy by the Holy Spirit. We are made holy by him. Everything comes for him, and it's for his glory and for his honor. And he wants nothing more than to see us happy, healthy, prosperous, and full of joy. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not exactly known for being the epitome of joy. You know, I'm not joy personified, typically. <laughs> but you know what? I want to purpose to make a change. Because if people don't see the joy in me, then I'm not doing it right. Now, I know there's the, the whole, there's things that we can do and there's things that God works out in us, but there is an application. There is a personal application. I can choose to wake up grumpy, or I cannot. Right? I can choose to be agitated, right, when something goes wrong. I say something funny? <laughs> We're working on our joy, amen? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Right? We have a choice, right? You get cut off in traffic. Right? What's the first thing that happens? Well, isn't that special? <laughs> Pro probably not the first words that come out of your mouth, unless you're well-seasoned and practiced in joy. Thank you so much. I needed that opportunity to practice patience. <laughs> Probably not. But we're working on it, right? John, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Come on, John, where you at? John 16. John 16 and 22. And ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, 
and your joy no man taketh from you. So we can have a joy that does not have to be taken. I think there was a, a, a book, I think it was, I uh, can't remember if it was Jerry Seville or Jesse DePlantis, but if, if, uh, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't take your goods. Jerry Seville. So joy is a powerful, powerful component of our life. Do not, do not for one minute downplay it. I can say I have been guilty of thus. Downplay it, thinking it's not that important. Okay, well, what I am inside, nobody else needs to know. It's between God, God knows my heart. But out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if your mouth ain't speaking joy, what's in your heart? (laughs) (laughs) The message says this, same verse. This is what I want you to do. I guess I didn't go far enough. Uh, sorry, let me, let, me ca- let me catch up to my notes because I'm all over the place. Yeah, John, John 16, and we're going down into verses uh, 23 and 24. At the time you... <clears throat> no, I'll go back to the King James for a second. I'll come back to that in a second. So we started in 20, 22. Let's start again. Let's get it right. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man take from you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, whoever you shall ask, whatever you shall ask. See, it's King James. It's tongue in my tongue. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hereto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. So if your joy's not full, let's ask for it. I'm asking for it. Um, The message says this. uh, um, This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. The passion. Until now, you've been told you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. But now you can ask and keep on asking Him. You can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits. Young, Young's literal translation, same, same, same verse. Till now did you ask nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Amen. Our joy is in him. Listen to what uh, John uh, says in 1 John 1. Start with 1 John 1. I'm going to re- read it in the New Living. You guys will forgive me for that, right? 1 John 1, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. The one who is the life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us. 
We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that your that you may be full, that you, bleh. we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. We have the power, we have the ability to walk in this fullness of joy. Why? Because we know and love the same God. We're all here tonight on a snowy night where people are scared to leave the house. Right? You made it. You're here. We're laughing. We're enjoying the presence of one another when we're enjoying the presence of God. We're entering in to this joy. Uh, the Passion says, So we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard about the life giver, so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. We are writing these things to you because we want to release to you our fullness of joy. They have a revelation of joy because they actually had hands-on Jesus. <laughs> hands-on. Joy is usually an outward manifestation. There you go, we got it right here. <laughs> an outward manifestation, usually because it's inexpressible, inexpressible in any other way. 1 Peter 1.8 says this. 1 Peter 1.8. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. How else do you express joy but with laughter and smiles and an effervescence in your personality? The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of our souls. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Can we get to the place where nothing matters except our relationship? with our Heavenly Father and our eternal destination. Oh Hallelujah. <laughs> Joy is not fleeting. At least it doesn't have to be. In John 15, 9, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. King James says these things I have spoken to you that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. The passion, my purpose is for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. You can't contain it. Hallelujah. See, I'm going to get more than one illustrated sermon tonight. I know you're still wondering about this. It's coming. The Young's Literal says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy in you may remain and your joy may be full. (laughs) 
First, uh, Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all the glorious power so that you will have all endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchases our freedom and forgiveness of sins. Come on, if that doesn't light us up, our wood's wet. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. So here's, here's another thing, right? Don't worry. Pray. Ask God. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. There's that gratitude again. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. So is it God's will for us to be thankful? Yes. And joyful. Because of what he's done for us. Because when we know what he's done for us, we can't help but be joyful. He has redeemed us. The... The Passion Translation says, let your joy be a continual feast. Eat up. The Amplified says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. The message says, be careful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong to Christ Jesus to live. We're, get, we're getting ready for the demo here. <laughs> Cast your burdens upon the Lord and allow yourself to be cared for. A lot of us like to think that we can handle it. Give your burdens to the Lord. Yes. Psalm 55, 22 says, Give your burden to the Lord, and He will take care of you. Who will take care of you? He. He will not permit the godly to slip or fall. 1 Peter 5, 6, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time He will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. In the, in the book of Timothy, Paul is nearing the end of his life and the end of his ministry, and it says, I've been poured out. Hallelujah. We need to pour ourselves out to allow the Lord to pour himself in. Amen. What I've got here is a box of rocks, a cup of rocks. And on these rocks, I've written some things. So before I, before I put them in place here, I want to show you something. Try not to make a mess, but no promises. <laughs> the water I'm pouring into this empty glass represents joy. 
being poured into our lives. Just like that. These rocks represent weights or burdens, troubles, things that, things that get in our way and often consume parts, portions, or whole big pieces of our life, depending on the size of the rock. Here's an example. Anxiety. Anger. What will happen here? They will rob you. Because you're going <laughs> to... That's exactly what's going to happen. And you're going to suck up your joy because it's going to prevent... You watch what I'm going to do here in a minute. Jealousy. <laughs> lust. Not just sexual lust. It could be that too, but lust, the pride of life, things that you don't have. Envy. You want what someone else got. Well, let's envy the goodness of God that's in them. The gifts of God. Discouragement. See, we can hang on to these rocks or we can let them go. Pride. And these could be anything. I just wrote down some things. Offense. I'm running out of room. We will, but then it will overflow. There's a, there's a reason. Bitterness. You can pick anything you want. Now, rather than pour from the unlimited cup of the Lord, I'm going to show you what happens. Because this cup is full to the point of almost running over. Trying not to spill this everywhere. How much came out of that glass? Not much. The glass is full. The only way you're going to get more joy in there, you've got to get rid of the rocks. You've got to get rid of that stuff that is weighing us down. The stuff that's taken up the space. You see, I've made more room. More room, more joy. It's not rocket science. Not a bucket of rocks. We're talking real life, flesh and blood. You know, people hurt. We don't always know why we're depressed. Sometimes it's medical, clinical. Sometimes there's stuff going on. Sometimes it's a spiritual attack. Sometimes we get sick and that wears us down. Sickness is under the blood too. Mental sickness, physical sickness. We have emotions. Not all our emotions are good. We are created with all emotions. We have anger. Anger is not good. But if we can harness that power of anger towards good, you know, the Bible says to be angry and sin not. Put that towards the love of somebody else. You know, the zeal that we put, the, the, the thing is, if we, if we put the energy of our what it is we're hungering and thirsting after that's not of God towards the things of God, we'll be much further ahead. Instead of lusting after that latest thing that we don't have that we really, really want, but we don't really need, we'd like to have. And there's no sin in having good stuff. 
You know, there's nothing wrong. It's, 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 it's quite scriptural for us to have things that bring us joy, that bring us pleasure. There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to make sure that it's balanced, that we have our focus on him. That everything that we have, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Every blessing comes from him. That we remain with that attitude of gratitude and thankfulness in our heart. That we can foster that spirit of joy to fill us up. And as it fills us up, if, if this was big enough and strong enough, which I can't do with glass wine glasses, right? And enough flow, I could actually flood those rocks out. If I took a hose, right? and put enough pressure in, I could drive it in and drive those rocks all around. Have you ever been to the beach with the waves and actually seen the rocks move underneath the power of the waves? We have a God who has infinite power. Resurrecting power. That's the power of God in us. There's nothing that can't be moved. So let's not hold it back. Let's not hold on to the stuff that he's trying to get rid of. You know, we can try to get rid of some things and, and we may have some success, but it's ultimately him that's going to clean us. We need to renew our mind, right? Transform our mind. Thank you, Lord. God is good. We have much to be thankful for. And I am truly thankful for what God has done for me and what he's continuing to do in me and the revelation that he's bringing to me each and every day. Let's just uh, just take a moment. We don't necessarily have to have an altar call, but just I want everybody just to just kind of bow your heads and just acknowledge for a minute that, that we are all human and that we all have weaknesses, but that God is our strength no matter what. So, Father, we thank you that you have given us the resurrection life, the power of the Most High God, that dunamis power, that dynamite, explosive power is within us. We thank you that we can blast all those obstacles, all those things in our life that are weighing us down, that are causing us heaviness, that we do put on that garment of praise and we do begin to manifest joy and happiness, a countenance that is pleasing to all those around us. We thank you, Lord, that whatever it is that seems to so easily beset us, it too is subject to the name of Jesus. And we just speak in the authority that you have given us through Jesus' name, that it comes into submission now. In Jesus' name, we cast those things out and we speak life and strength and boldness and all the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and manifestation we thank you for. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.